Thank you. I'm glad for the opportunity to come and be with you. As I was telling him, I've spoken probably 50 different churches, and each time I go, I hope that I can say I do something that will bring hope and renew your faith. Uh, as I start my life story, you may think that I've come to tell you a sad story, but if you follow it, will not be a sad story. It will be a story of God's best blessings upon my life. I was born in 1944 in a small hospital in Graham. Uh, The day I was born, my mother hemorrhaged and bled to death. And the doctor had laid me aside on a table and said the baby is not worth saving. But my grandmother was there and she said, let's try, we've been lost his mother. Let us try, I'll take the baby. So I lived with my grandmother and grandfather. I lost my grandfather when I was four years old. And my father, he remarried and had another family. I didn't exactly feel part of that because I, I stayed with my grandmother. Well, uh, it was time when I was six years old, they told my grandmother that I could not attend public schools, that I would not be accepted. Most of the older schoolhouses were two-story buildings. There was no such thing as a handicap ramp. Things are very, very different now. And, but by the time I was eight years old, there was a group of men uh, here in the county, businessmen had started a club called the Alamance Business Club. One of them was a doctor that had just got out of uh, World War II. And his dream for his life was to uh, be a doctor for children and to start a school in Alamance County. It was started and I got to go to the school for about eight years. And it was hard for me to learn. I tried, but I, I just c- couldn't focus in on it. I've told a lot of people, I said my best subjects in school was recess and lunch period. <laughs> and, but after I got out of the school at the age of 16, uh, I knew uh, that someday that I would need a place to live, that my grandmother would pass on. And my goal was that I would find a job and be able to 
have a home of my own. That was my main goal. A lot of times growing up, it was uh, family members, neighbors, and all. Well, ain't he pitiful? He ought to have a government check. I didn't want no government check. I wanted a way to work and make my own way. And uh, so I kept looking, I kept looking and kept praying. At the age of 20, I found myself wandering into the old granite mill down at Hall River, which they made apartments out of then. And they told me they'd give me a job if the doctor and Mebbin would approve it. And so it was uh, in March, a fine misty rain, and I was so tickled, I started out walking to Mebbin. I'd uh, thumb and get a ride, but didn't settle on, I'd walk a while. Well, finally, when I got to Mebbin and got to the doctor's office, I was wringing wet. And the doctor said, well, if cones don't hire you, somebody else will. Anybody walk to Mebbin in the pouring down rain, they get, you going to work, son, somewhere. <laughs> so I, I was so happy over the job that I had. The cones did everything they could to create and make jobs and do everything they could to help me. They knew that I was really trying. And Cones had been awarded uh, by London Johnson when he served as president for being the most outstanding company worldwide for hiring the handicap. And Cones took very much pride in that. Well, I had been working at Cones for about five or six years. And this uh, house in my neighborhood, which was in bad need of repair, it had been condemned. And uh, I decided I wanted that because I, Moment, uh, so the uh, county, it went to the county welfare system because the lady had uh, signed it over to them. And they couldn't do nothing about it till she was dead a year. So I worked with the city and I worked with the uh, uh, county till I got the house. I begged them to take the money and buy land elsewhere and let me have it. So I got the house. Well, uh, during the process, I needed a lawyer. And I hired uh, Frederick Sternberg. Well, after getting to know Fred, I realized that Fred was a member of the Alamance Business Club, which had uh, organized 
school that I went to. Well, Fred asked me to come over there at the country club and tell them about the beginning because I knew a lot of history of the AB club that he did not know. Well, I went over there and they asked me that uh, to come back and be a member of the club. Not only did the club make it possible for me to get uh, an education, but they were a family to me that I never had because of the loss of my mother. And uh, I, a lot of times growing up, I knew my grandmother cared, but there were others that uh, they, they didn't care. And so the Abbey Club gave me such a family and still are. Well, I got the house and I got it uh, up to living and by the, got all the co codes and everything. Well, I was so happy the more I did to the house, the more I wanted to do. I just had to have a cement driveway. I had to have this, I had to have that. But it was in the bicentennial year, 76, it was on Thanksgiving Day. I got down in my back, and and I couldn't I couldn't hardly go. And I went to the doctor, and the doctor uh, put me in traction over to Memorial Hospital. And it didn't seem to do no good, but he says. You can't work, you can't go back to work. I want you to see a back doctor in Greensboro. Well, uh, Christmas was right there at me. And I had uh, always had a lot of people come on Christmas, even had lots of refreshments. <laughs> but that year, uh, I had so many medical bills and all, I hardly had enough money to get by on. And I remember on Christmas Eve, I, w I know there'd be people there and I didn't feel like I had enough refreshment. And I needed $200 bad on account of medical expenses. And I'm, it was about six o'clock. And I said, God, show me what to do. I don't know what to do. Well, they started coming and giving me envelopes. They'd be fives, tens, twenties. And they'd be bringing in trays of food. I had so much food that Christmas Eve I had no I was having to get people to carry it home and freeze it. Well that night after uh, 
everybody was gone, I guess about 12.30, I counted my money and I had way under more than what I needed. And I knelt at my bedside to thank God for the way that he had blessed me. For the way that he said. And I began, seemed like I could hear someone singing one of the older hymns. I gave my life for thee. What have they given to me? And I've been starting to weep because I realized that I'd made a bad mistake. I'd asked God to help me find a job that I could earn a living for myself. I'd asked him to help me with the whole house to get it in get it in level condition. But I had not given God the tithes of what I did have. And I, I said, God, I've made a mistake and I'm not trying to bargain with you. But if you give me the opportunity to go back to work, I'll put you first. If you'll give me that opportunity. Well, I went on to a doctor in Greensboro, and the doctor said, there's nothing I can do for you. It's coming from the cerebral palsy that you was born with. There's no need to go find another doctor because we can't do anything. I came home very discouraged and very depressed. That night about three o'clock in the morning, a pain woke me up that I didn't know. I don't know the words to tell somebody how bad it hurt. That was the only time that I really thought of suicide because of the pain. And I, I laid there and I cried out. I said, God, you promised in your word that you wouldn't put nothing on us that we couldn't bear. But I can't bear this. I don't want to take my life. I don't know why you left me here and took my mother. But whatever reason you left me for, help me to understand. And I said, God, please take my life or take the pain away. Immediately I felt a hand going up down my spine and the pain eased off. I've had trouble with back pain since, but nothing to compare with that. And I went back to work as a meal. I could hardly go. But the first thing I started when I went back is to put God first and give him the tithes 
off of what I earn. My health improved. And the more that I gave, seemed like the more I had. Soon my house was paid for, all doctor bills, everything was paid for. And I began to save, and I got several thousand dollars ahead. And I thought, well, I want to put an addition onto my house. <laughs> so I got about half what I needed to pay for it. And things was uh, turned for the worse at the mill where I work. I'd been working and putting in a whole lot of overtime. And I would, uh, when I stop at the bank to get my check cashed, I didn't have a checking account but I'd get the uh, teller at the bank to give me a $100 bill. And I would put it in my church envelope where it'd be ready for the Sunday. Well, uh, when the contractor got through building the room, I liked about seven thousand dollars having enough money. So I went to the bank and I, I borrowed the money into the bank and I told them that I wanted my payments real low. I knew from previous times the longer you paid on a loan the more interest you'd pay. But that, the interest didn't bother me. I wanted low enough that I'd still have $100 to carry to church. I'd cut back on everything, but I kept giving the $100. A man was filling out my income tax one night he said, buddy, did you realize you give double your uh, things so you can't deduct but so much? I said, well, no, I didn't realize that. But I said, he said, well, is that church that you love so much? Is it going to help you out? If you get sick, or lose your job. I said, well, I believe they would, but I know God will. And I kept on giving it till, uh, to the end when I got left combed and got laid off. And I said, God, I may not never have another $100 bill to put to plate that I'll give you what's off of my income. 
unemployment. Well, I kept going, trying to find a job, but nobody would hire me. When they found out I had that problem, no education hardly, no computer skills, I could just feel the hand pushing me back. Well, the doctors said you're going, it's going to get worse because you get older. Says I'll sign for you to get on disability. I said, well, I don't want disability. I want to work. But finally, I seen I didn't have no choice to put in for disability. So I went in January and I put in for disability. They told me how much I would draw, what day of the week, how much. I got everything lined up where it would be deposited to the bank. Well, they turned me down. Had to refile. I refiled. They turned me down. By May of that year, I had spent what I had saved keeping the utilities on, keeping food on the table. And I got up one Sunday morning and I knew that I'd hit the bottom because they were going to turn my power off. I didn't have anything to eat that Sunday. And I, I, I said, God, I don't have anything that I can put in an offering plate while it's past. I don't have anything. Well, God kept telling me. I asked God, I said, have you forgot me? But it seemed like something was just pushing me to go on to church. I went to church, and his offering plate was passed. It was like someone was cutting my heart out because I didn't have anything to put in the plate. I walked, church was over, and I, I walked out the door. My minister said to me, buddy, go home and read Job. God raised an army for him and he's working on an army for you right now. Someone handed me an envelope with strict instructions not to open it until I got home. Uh, I was on committees at the church and I thought it was a copy of a deed some land the church was trying to buy. But when I got home, got out in the parking lot, this couple said, come on, buddy, we're going to carry you to K&W buy you lunch. And when I got home, there was a check in there 
for $350. A case in a note saying, would love you more help. And I, I got paid the utilities, got what groceries I could get. But I saved $35 as a tithe, and I gave it the following Sunday. People that I didn't realize that even cared. There was a crack on my front door that I didn't have the money to pay somebody to fix it. I'd come home and find envelopes with money in it. Sometimes I didn't have but a dollar, but I never saw another Sunday that I didn't have something to put in the offering plate. Finally, I got a, got a letter that I could go to court to see about my disability. But that was a long ways off. It come, it come on around that year to my birthday. And I won't never forget it, a lot of people would sending me birthday cards and coming by, and I ended up having $750 given to me for my birthday. The man came and got me to carry me to church that night, and I told him about it. I said, look, I'm not giving $75. I've got another 100 to put in the plate. It come, come around to uh, on around, seemed like somebody was sending me or giving me something. A whole lot of times I thought the utilities were going to be cut out or I wasn't going to make ends meet. But it was somebody sending and giving me something. Well, it come on around to Christmas. And his friend of mine called and says, Buddy, don't worry. Uh, you're going to have Christmas. Says, Me and several others done talk. Says, I'm going to buy all your stuff for your open house. We'll have plenty of food. And I'm going to buy you some new Christmas decorations. I said, I don't need no new Christmas decorations. I've got plenty. He said, well, everybody ought to have something new. I said, don't be so stubborn. I said, get ready. And he carried me up to Janice's. Well, I picked up a few things I didn't realize how much they were. Well, when we got to the register pay, it was around $85. And I offered, I said, I'll put some of this back. He said, no, get some more if you want it. 
and I says, how much is that angel sitting up on that shelf? He says, it's $35, but says, do you want it? I want it real bad, but I didn't want to take advantage of his kindness. I said, oh, I don't need it. Well, come on, car, kind of depressed because I didn't get the angel. <laughs> and I, uh, I, a few days later, while I was having lunch, some lady knocked at the door and told me she had been to a craft show in Raleigh and she wanted to get me something. Said, I think you've got to have a Santa Claus here. <laughs> and I opened the bag and it was an angel identically to the one I saw at Janice. Uh, it was a hard Christmas because I couldn't buy anybody a gift. I, didn't, I was living on what somebody was giving me. And someone asked me to go to Kmart. They wanted me to help them decide on some decorations for their house. I didn't want to go, but while I was over there, I had never wanted it. I saw the prettiest village set I'd ever looked at. And I didn't say nothing to them, but I come home and cried. I thought, well, maybe by next Christmas, I'll have my disability. And uh, maybe I can have one then. A few minutes later, one of the attorneys that was helping with the disability came in and he threw down a $100 bill at me. He said, go get you something for Christmas. I didn't know or you need a new coat and new shoes. Well, I told him about a village set. He said, well, go get it. <laughs> Says, don't worry about it. See, if you get hungry in January, or they go gonna cut lights. I call me, I'll take care of that. <laughs> but says, I can't carry you the hook on the road. I'm going in the opposite direction. I said, well, God, you furnish the money, and they'll furnish me a ride to Huffman Mill Road. <laughs> so the personnel man came, came by from uh, home just to check them, and I told him about the village set and the hundred dollars. Well, he said, we're getting the car. We're going to get it. <laughs> well, when we get to Huffman Mill Road, in Kmart, they had had a blue light special and sold every bit of it. And I began, I couldn't help it, I began crying. He said, well, uh, I'm gonna drive all night, but we don't find them. When we took off up the super, 
to Kmart in Greensboro, they had one set left, and I've got it to display. <laughs> and uh, God has blessed me in just so many ways. There's so many other things that I could I could tell about. I could sit here another hour or two telling of the blessings that God has laid upon my life. But I saved the best blessing that I consider now for life to tell you about. When I was in that school for the handicap, there were other children that had cerebral palsy that could not speak, could not feed themselves. But I'm so thankful, even now, after working for 30 some years, and saying that I've got work, can't walk. But I'm thankful that God's given me a voice that I can tell other people. After I got my disability, I went out on the porch one morning and I seen different ones, gutter me and electrics, all of them scuttering back forth to work. And I think, well, I've got it made. I've got my social security check. I've just got it made, but the longer I sit there, the more depressed I got. Because I got to thinking about some of the co-workers at Combs I knew wanted lost their home because they couldn't find a job. And I come in and I sit in a chair and I won't forget. I said, God, I come to you this morning not in need of anything you provided when I thought I was going to have the utilities cut out. Somebody gave me some money. When I thought I didn't have enough to buy food, you supplied it. And I just thank you, God, for all that you have given them. But I, I feel, feel bad because I would have rather had a job. But no one wanted me. The Bible says that the harvest fields are great. The workers are few. And God, you know my educational level. It's hard for me to read. It's hard for me to do a lot of things. But God, don't leave me here as a cripple man. It's not worth anything. Let me work in your vineyard if it's nothing but to take a broom and sweep the steps of a church, God, use me. 
I've been going to church regular for over 50 years. I've had a lot of different ministers, some I was closer to than others. And one that I was real close to had left Alamax County and was over in Reedsville. He called me to come and spend the weekend with him and his wife. And sitting around the table, I told him this about how God had intervened and sent money it on my own. He and his wife knew me real good and they had been sending me money every month to buy groceries or whatever I needed. And he said, buddy, I've been in school to be a minister, a pastor, but no one could never tell the beauty of tithing and giving like he just told me and says I'm not preaching them where you are and I gave my story just as I gave it here today and I'm so thankful that I do have a voice box that I can tell others how special it was. And I thank God this day for the hard streets that I may head through life because in the hard street, that's when I felt God's loving presence right with me. And I thank you for letting me come and speak. I hope I've told something that would strengthen your faith. I never know when I go to a church. I may recognize somebody, but I never know who's sitting out there that has a child that has a handicap that has hard for them to learn and I want to give them hope the doctor when I was born said I wasn't worth saving but God had another plan and I'm so thankful And today, I've asked someone to come and sing one of the hymns that you don't hear much anymore. Back when I was a boy, it was made famous by uh, Big John Wayne, one of the uh, Western movies. And I want you to listen very carefully at the word it says. There may be someone out there in this congregation that's having difficulty for your health. 
You may have a child or grandchild that has cerebral palsy or Down syndrome. Never give up and listen to this song. It is no secret what God done for me. His arms is wide open for you if you'll only trust him. And if you need to pray about it, come here to this altar and pray. Pray for that child. You that have children, you're always glad to tell somebody about it, what they've done, what they've accomplished. What they've done. Maybe you need to come here to the altar and just say, thank you, God, for me having children that are have strong bodies that can learn, that can make a living for themselves when they're older. If you don't have any other reason to come to the altar, would you come and pray for me? Not because I need something. My pain, sometimes I suffer badly. And I get hurt, I sit and cry because I can't mow the yard anymore. There's things that I used to do, I can't do life as much different. But some way I get through the pain. But pray for me that God may use me to tell my stories that I may bring someone close to him and give hope to the ones. I've hit a lot of brick balls in my time that I couldn't see my way around. And I felt like no one cared. But God cares. He can open doors that we never thought or never could imagine was there. And this is my story. And I hope I've said something that would be an encouragement to each one sitting here. And, and pray for me that I may be the instrument God has called me to be. Thank you.